Hello, and welcome to the Ground and Grow podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Estenson-Williams. I'm a Minnesota-based marriage and family therapist, yoga teacher, and I create mental health content to help you ground and grow. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now let's begin. Hello there. So today's episode, I'm going to talk about why somatic practices, so different practices that we do to connect to our body, can be really great when we need to regulate our nervous system. So again, somatic practices are embodied practices. These might be like breathing exercises or movement exercises or just things that communicate to our body that we can be grounded, that we are safe, that we are okay. Um, And this is important because as we know, our mind and body are so connected. So working on our body is really great for our mental health because our nervous system of course connects to our mental health right like that if our nervous system is really like stimulated uh really dysregulated we might be feeling anxious uh on edge feeling some trauma it can also like bring about like feelings of depression and feeling really low too so our nervous system is so closely related to our mental health and how grounded we feel And so doing some embodied practices to soothe our nervous system, I think can be really, really nice self-care and and just mental health skill overall. I'll be talking mostly about how we can stimulate our parasympathetic nervous system. This is the rest and digest process. So um, where the sympathetic nervous system is where we might feel that fight or flight stuff. And, and that can be really important in moments of actual danger, right? If your house is on fire, you are going to feel fight or flight. Come on. You're going to feel really stimulated, a little bit dysregulated here, but that is because you need to move fast, right? It's going to urge you for action, right? So here you might grab yourself, uh, your kids or what you need and get out of the house. So This isn't a time for being grounded or deep breaths or thinking things through or doing any problem solving. It's really effective to get us to act and get us to do what we need to do to be safe, Uh, which is great in those moments, but our world is really complicated and our human brains and our human nervous system is just not necessarily intended for the wildly complicated world we live in right now we have screens in our hands and we can drive places and we have jobs and some people work in an office and we don't have as much community support as we used to and and all of these things that our brains were just not meant for and so a lot of the time our sympathetic nervous system this fight or flight response gets triggered in moments that we're not actually in danger. Um, This can be related to just a chaotic world that we live in, a world that's really overstimulated. And of course, this is also related to trauma. So if you have background experience with like significant trauma moments or attachment trauma, things that might happen in your present day that maybe aren't actually related to your trauma, they're not actually moments of a lack of safety or anything like that, but they might trigger some of those past memories and past lived experiences. And so, of course, you get into this trauma response, right? This nervous system is responding as if you are not safe. 
And so with that nervous system regulation and doing some somatic practices that can help regulate our bodies is so important just to live in the world that we live in. But as you might know, my specialty is in trauma. And I think that this is so important when we are doing any form of trauma healing. I think it is crucial that we're looking at, okay, how can I regulate my nervous system? How can I communicate to my body that I am safe while I'm trying some new things, right? I'm, I'm working to shift out of some of these past trauma responses. And we need to really make sure we have that sense of safety for our nervous system. Um, because logically, we might be able to recognize I am safe or the people that I'm talking to are maybe different than the people that I have experience with trauma with or whatever. Um, but our body doesn't always know that. So we need to do some physical practices to communicate to the body that that's there. So first I'll talk about how we might know that we need to do some nervous system regulation uh, when we know that we're feeling a little dysregulated or overly activated here. And again, this is going to feel really similar to like if you're in a moment of actual danger, uh, this is what's going to be elicited. But is often elicited in moments that we're not in actual danger. So here we might have like that rapid heart rate, rapid breathing, uh, some immediate urges for action might feel a little bit impulsive here, um, or just feeling like, oh my gosh, here's this huge problem and I need to solve it now. We might have a difficult time being present and being aware of our surroundings because, again, we might be so focused on this like problem solving or what we need to do that we're not really connected to the reality in this moment. Our body, we might feel a bit shaky or like, I think this is like when we say like my nerves are fried. Um, we can feel that like anxious energy in our body. We might even notice a little bit of like trembling in our fingers or toes, different areas of the body. Essentially what our body is doing is it's communicating to the mind, okay, you've got to act. You've got to act now. I'm turning on, you know, all of the different programs that need to be running so that we can take action, um, to fight or flight or, you know, do whatever the trauma response that's going to be there, right? Um, lots of different ways that we can respond to trauma, but what it is eliciting is like, okay, you need to do something now. And so when that is going on, that usually lets us know, oof, okay, my nerves are feeling a little bit frazzled. I need to regulate. And what I often tell my clients and myself is that if we're able to pause and check in and say like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling dysregulated. Am I in a moment of safety or am I not? Um, if we're able to take that pause and check in most of the time, I know there can be some complicated circumstances where this doesn't apply, but most of the time, if we can pause and check in, that means we are safe, right? If you're in a burning building or um, have some immediate threat, you're not going to be pausing and thinking like, do I need to regulate? Do I need to ground here? Um, so if you're having this question of do I need to ground, it usually means that it's safe enough to ground. Um, it might not mean that the situation or environment is completely safe, but it might mean, hey, I have a moment to check in and this is going to help me to be more effective at problem solving. Um, this really stimulated nervous system is of course going to be great um, if we are in immediate danger because we do need to act fast, 
But our world, again, is so much more complicated. And a lot of the things that maybe are related to, you know, a sense of maybe like lack of emotional safety or different pieces, we might actually be more effective at handling that if we can regulate, if we can ground, think things through a little bit more clearly, feel that our feet are on the floor and and we can navigate it in ways that are connected to our values or we can reach out to the supports that we need. Um, so regulating your nervous system doesn't, it, it's not only done in moments when you are completely safe. Of course, you're not going to do it if you're in that burning building and you're needing to run out. But most of the time, you know, if we have this moment where we can ground, we're probably going to be a lot more effective in navigating whatever stressor or situation that we're in. Um, of course, you know, talk, talk through this with your therapist if you think you have some circumstances that might be a little bit different because this is, uh, you know, a very complex uh, trauma is really complex and, and different circumstances around that can be tricky. But um, I will say most of the time, grounding is a nice starting point. And what this does, so when, when we're feeling really overstimulated or we're feeling not safe, right, we've got that rapid heart rate, rapid breathing, all of these things in our body are feeling, whew, they're feeling on edge. Even as I'm talking about it right now, I'm like, oh, yep, I can feel that feeling. And what we do when we practice regulating our body with some somatic practices, we are kind of doing the opposite of what that sympathetic nervous system wants us to do, right? So we're not fighting, we're not running, we're not, you know, doing whatever our trauma response is. We are pausing and we are grounding. And so we're telling our body, wait, you don't have to act. We can slow down, we can pause. And when we do these practices, they connect to our nervous system and then we elicit the parasympathetic nervous system that rest and digest. And so here is where, okay, the heart rate starts slowing down. The breathing starts slowing down. We feel more calm in our body, right? We're not going to necessarily feel that shaky sense. We might feel like some physical grounding. As I'm talking about it here, I can feel myself sink into my chair a little bit more feel a little bit more calm. You might even hear a little change in, in my voice and how I'm talking. So even just thinking about these states can, can bring a shift in that nervous system. But of course, doing these embodied practices is a really great way to connect that mind and body. And so now I'll shift into talking about some exercises that you can practice. Um, and I'll, I'll try to be pretty detailed so you get an idea of how to practice them. But there might be some that you decide to look up a little bit more or talk about with your own therapist or find a book on or something like that. If it's something that you're like, ooh, I need to learn more about this and, and I want to explore it more. I'm also, if, if you're listening to this live and on time, then you can go onto my Instagram and I'm also sharing some reels about some of these practices. Over time, I'll probably hit all of them or most of them. And it'll be, of course, a, a quick snippet. So it's not um, a full detailed way of practicing it. But if it's helpful to kind of have a visual with some of these um, or a little bit different explanation, you can head to my Instagram that's linked in uh, the show notes here. And you can find a little bit more information or different information on these there. 
Uh, So the first one I will talk about is paced breathing. And I love this one because it can be really effective. Um, It's maybe not like going to have the most significant impact in the moment compared to some of these other ones, but it's one that we almost always can access. Um, Of course, not like um, if, if you have if you're sick with a really bad cold or have some different breathing condition or something, this one might not be your favorite go-to in those moments. Um, but most of the time, paced breathing is one we can access, like even if we're riding the bus or we're sitting and waiting for an interview. I know like that's one of the first times that I practiced paced breathing. I was waiting for an interview for one of my like internship opportunities long ago. And Oh, I was so nervous, right? Like my my nervous system was like, okay, fight or flight, here we go. Um, and I logically knew I didn't need to feel that nervous. I was safe. I was okay. I was going to be talking with therapists for goodness sake. Uh, but my nervous system was really fried in that moment. So doing some paced breathing helped me calm down and ground so I could be a bit more present in that interview. And it went well. Um, so paced breathing is essentially evening out the inhales and exhales. So they might be the same count, for example, an inhale about four seconds and an exhale about four seconds, or if it feels comfortable, extend that exhale out just a beat or two longer. And that is because our exhale can be really regulating. It, it really stimulates that parasympathetic, that rest and digest part of our nervous system slows things down. So if it feels comfortable in your body, extending that exhale out a little bit longer is going to be helpful. And with this, I say, find a breath that is comfortable. Sometimes we can get caught up in like, okay, really long breaths are important. Um, And yes, extending our breath out, if it's in a comfortable zone, can be really regulating, can be really grounding. But if it's to a place where you're like gasping for air and you feel like you can't catch your next breath, uh, that is not going to be regulating. That's not going to be grounding. So if breath practices are new to you or or if you just have, you know, a, a shorter breath that feels more comfortable for whatever reason, um, stick with what's most comfortable. So find a pace that feels best for you. For some people, it's really nice to internally count the breaths, right? So like inhaling one, two, three, four, and and doing that for your exhale. Sometimes that gives the mind a little something to do. Uh, But for some, that can be distracting. And so you might just tune into the feeling of the breath. There's lots of different guided exercises. Um, I have some elements of pace breathing in all of my different meditations, so you can scroll through those, find find what you need, and you'll get some breathing exercises in there too. So pace breathing is one that I love because we can do it anywhere. No one around us has to know that we're doing it, um, and and it can be great all the time. It's not something that we can overdo necessarily, right? Our bodies need to breathe. So pace breathing is the first one, and I think that's a great one to start with. The next one I will talk about is self-soothe, and I love self-soothe. This is another one that we can do, I, I think is a nice one for us to do in many different situations and moments. Of course, it's really great for moments that we need to ground and regulate, but I think it's just also a nice piece to have in our regular daily self-care routine. 
Um, but if we are feeling dysregulated, we're needing to ground our nervous system, self-soothe is a really lovely one because essentially we're going to be doing things that really soothe our senses. So this is how our body communicates to the world outside of us. So soothing our senses is of course a great way to communicate to our body. I am safe, right? Like I can pause and tune into my surroundings and be present and find comfort, right? So of course I must be safe. And this is you know, just just going through the different senses, right? Like noticing like if there is a smell that you really enjoy um, or a way that you have the lighting in your room. I know a lot of us are like, not the overhead lights, right? Like, so maybe you have some lamps or candles that are really soothing. Uh, different, you know, ambiance there. Um, it might be, you know, some background noise or a playlist that you really enjoy. And with noise, um, as well as all these other senses, but I know noise especially can be something that feels overstimulating. So it's also tuning into what noises you want to make sure are not going on, right? So it might not be having your TV on in the background, um, or it might be going to a more quiet room in the house. I know we can't always control what sensory experiences are going on around us, but I think it's just as important to notice like what sensory experiences we want to limit as well as which ones we want to bring in um let's see what other ones touch is a nice one so this might be like this can be when we're taking a nice warm bath if that feels good for you or having a blanket that is really cozy or for me it's like having a little um I have a little heating pad that I'll sometimes have on my feet because I chronically cold feet so that one can feel really nice a warm temperature and taste might be another one so if there is something that's really soothing to eat and this might be like a warm cup of tea or hot chocolate um, or a comforting food that you enjoy so those can be nice so really going through all of the senses and we all have ones that are more impactful than others whether it be for soothing or for feeling overstimulated so paying attention learning more about that is also going to be helpful to explore like okay what environment is going to be the most soothing for me and this is great to practice when we need to regulate the nervous system but as I said before, I recommend having this as a daily part of your self-care, whether it be something that you do as you're transitioning from work and home or part of your morning or evening routine, adding in any moments where we can soothe our senses is lovely. The next one I will talk about is doing some gentle stretches or movement. And there's a lot of different ways that this could look. So it might look like you know, a walk and maybe a walk out in nature or something can feel really nice, um, doing it nice and slow and gradual. Uh, it could also be some just gentle stretching, noticing where you have like tension in the body. So for me, that's going to be like my neck, my shoulders, my head, uh, my face. So doing some gentle stretching or relaxing of those areas can feel nice. Maybe some foam rolling. Uh, and here is where I think restorative yoga or gentle paced yoga can be really lovely. Those are my favorite kinds of yoga to teach, I think, because I enjoy practicing them the most. I think yoga has been a huge tool for me in regulating my nervous system and feeling grounded and 
So of course, I'm attracted to teaching in that way too. So you can, you know, do some of your own. It doesn't have to be like strict yoga poses or anything like that, but it can be some some postures that feel really good. Or you can find some nice guided ones um, if there's like a teacher that you enjoy or a class that you enjoy. So some gentle movements are nice. And this connects to the next one, which is progressive muscle relaxation. My next podcast episode will actually be a guided progressive muscle relaxation, so stay tuned for that. But uh, there's lots of guided ones that you can find online if you're wanting to do that sooner than the next couple weeks. Uh, This is essentially, you know, tightening and releasing different areas of the body. We can do a full progressive muscle relaxation with kind of all the different areas of the body or I like in a moment when we might just have a few minutes just doing this with the areas that feel tense so with this you inhale and you tense that area and as you exhale you release it so this is overall going to give you an end result that is more relaxed and released than when you started. So I might do, you know, a handful of rounds of this and just kind of do my shoulders and my face uh, where I hold tension. So that can be a lovely practice. And I've, you know, heard that this can, you know, a lot of clients have said that this is a nice practice to do before bed if they're feeling a lot of physical tension too. Um, And for some people, it's not their jam. So with all of these, I recommend doing some trial and error. You're going to find the skills that feel most grounding for you, and then you might find some that uh, you can do without, and that's okay too. They don't all have to work perfectly for you. You get to find the ones that work best, or you might find some work better in certain situations and others work better in other situations. And now I'm going to move on to some vagus nerve stimulation. And uh, some of these things that I talked about before will stimulate our vagus nerve as well. But our vagus nerve is a really important nerve in our body. It is kind of like the nerve that is a mind-body connection. Uh, it, it runs through so many different key areas where we've got like neurotransmitters and um, where we are also having some of the stimulation when our sympathetic nervous system is going off, right? Like our rapid breathing and heart rate and all of that. This is going to be connected to our vagus nerve as well. And when we stimulate the vagus nerve, it stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system, that rest and digest area. And so doing different exercises that soothe and stimulate this vagus nerve is going to be really great for our nervous system. So pace breathing is going to be a key one of this. So we've already kind of talked about that, but that's going to be helpful for this. Um, Another one is cold exposure. So this uh, I've probably talked about before the tip skill back in my like, uh, this is probably a really old episode where I was talking about uh, regulation skills uh, for when we're feeling dysregulated. There are certainly some parallels to this episode too, but that one has a little different um, different feel to it, uh, but some really great skills in there. Uh, some overlap, of course. Uh, but cold exposure is kind of like the tip skill. So this, uh, if we're talking strictly the, the temperature portion of the tip skill, that's going to be like placing an ice bag over the eyes and nose area and sitting back and you might do some pace breathing at the same time. But we can do some different cold exposure if we're just thinking about, you know, hitting this vagus nerve and 
this, if we do some different cold exposure on the face and on the neck, that is where we're going to kind of connect to that vagus nerve as well. One way that I love to do this is um, you've probably seen those little ice rollers that are meant to like decrease puffiness in the face. Um, I have one of those I use for when I have migraines and I think that can be really lovely. Uh, but you might already have it as a beauty tool or something, which I think it's also really nice if you wake up and you're just feeling a little puffy, like it, it just kind of clears things out a little bit. Um, but it's a really great tool to use for some of this vagus nerve stimulation. So you can be rolling it on your face. You can be rolling it on your neck, on your chest. So this is where you're getting that cold sensation. Um, and I think it's also nice if you hold tension in those areas, it's it's going to be a lovely way to also release cool down some of that tension too so it's a a win-win in that way um and one other way that i love practicing this cold exposure for vagus nerve stimulation is when i'm taking a shower ending my shower with turning it on to cold which I don't know about all of you, but I am one of those people that like a good shower is when you leave, like your skin kind of looks like a lobster. It's nice and red because it's such a hot shower. I love, love, love hot showers. Um, so when I first started testing out cold showers, and this was, I actually started using this. Um, I was having some different digestion things and working with uh dietitian on on some stuff and learned that stimulating the vagus nerve can be really important for our digestion and working through some different things so that is where I started using this too um so it's the vagus nerve is is really wonderful I maybe I'll do an episode on it some more down the road um but something worth looking into if this seems interesting to you but it's connected to you know, this, this nervous system and how we can feel grounded, but it's also connected to our digestion and how our body's functioning. So this is where I started it, um, more for digestion purposes, but now I will also use it for regulation purposes too. But ending the shower on cold, letting it run on my face, my neck, my chest, um, it, it feels really grounding. At first I was like, oh, I'm going to hate this because I love a hot shower, but I just noticed when I did it, I was like, oh, this is actually really grounding and I'm feeling really calm and this feels really lovely. So it's actually been something that I enjoy. I don't do it every single time I shower, but um, when I have the time or I'm interested in doing it or when I need to do it, I will add that in. You don't have to be dysregulated for it to be beneficial, but if, of course, it's nice if you're like, I need a break, take a shower, um, I'm personally not brave enough to do like a whole shower with that cold temperature. I just do like a, a few minutes at the end, um, but do what you need. If you are like me and live in Minnesota or a climate that gets a little bit colder, as I'm recording this right now, we have a huge snowstorm coming up, but stepping outside in cold temperature might also be a nice cold exposure moment. Um, 
And, and please, 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 I hope this goes without saying, like, don't put yourself at risk for frostbite or different things like that. It, you know, just that quick cold exposure um, to the point where you feel grounded. Make sure your physical body is safe, of course. Um, and another way to stimulate the vagus nerve is by singing or humming. So this is, is, you know, very connected, like, in our throat and in our neck. And when we have that movement, that vibration, that is also going to stimulate the vagus nerve. So put on your favorite song and sing along with it. Do what you need. That can be lovely. And so these vagus nerve exercises are going to be great when you're feeling dysregulated, but I think are also nice to make sure you're having in the mix of things because it's something that can be just really important for our mind and body as like a health maintenance stuff too. Um, I, I know I'm saying that for a lot of these different skills. So I, I hope that message is coming across as these skills that help ground us and communicate to the nervous system that we're safe, that we are okay. They're great in moments when we're feeling maybe a trauma response or we're feeling really dysregulated or overstimulated, but they're also, I think, just important things to be doing, right? Like this this regular care for our nervous system, this regular care for our bodies is lovely. And when we do this, not only are we getting this physical benefit of doing something that helps physically regulate and ground us, but I love to also add in, this can apply to, to all of all of the different skills that we practice for ourselves. but with this, we're communicating that, hey, me being grounded and regulated and making sure I feel safe, it's worth my time and energy, right? It is worth prioritizing and it can initially be hard to make that feel like a priority and to feel like our energy is worth that. But when we practice it continually and get into regular exercises of it, we do start to learn like, hey, like me feeling grounded is worth it. It is important um, because we may have had messages from childhood or past relationships or whatever where that maybe wasn't super valued. And so when we can continue to do these exercises for ourselves. We're showing ourselves that it is worth it. It is valuable. Um, our state of mind is, is important. So that's a little, uh, intro into this. Of course, there's so much, there's, there's other skills that can be helpful. There's so much more that can go into these skills. So you might do a little bit of perusing of these things on your own as well, but these are some of my favorite go-to ones, and uh, I think just enough information where it probably makes sense, but this, th there could probably be a whole like graduate-level course on just the nervous system and how we can you know, stimulate different parts of it. So I won't do that, but I will end the episode on this introduction of things, and I hope this gives you some nice starting points to practice. And, and you might, again, be doing just some trial and error and seeing how that goes and seeing what works and exploring and shifting what doesn't work great for you. So um, happy nervous system regulation. I hope you enjoy these practices, and I look forward to checking in with you in our next episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If I referenced any links in this episode, you can find them below in the show notes. 
If you like the Ground and Grow podcast, I would greatly appreciate a rate and review from wherever you're listening so that others can find us too. If you'd like to be the first to know when new episodes are coming out, you can subscribe as well as follow me on Instagram at Kayla Estenson Wellness for all updates. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.